Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. As you know, being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. And this podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Did you know that all entrepreneurs have one thing in common? It's true, one thing. We all start with a dream, often a really big dream. And over time, some of us realize our big dream and some of us don't. The stats are very real and they're very harsh. 90% of entrepreneurs fail in the first three years. Crazy, huh? 90% fail. One of the biggest reasons that they fail especially with solopreneurs, is that they struggle with sales and promotion. It's human nature to avoid doing the things that we don't like doing. The personal growth side of our business. I see it all the time. My clients struggle with it. I've struggled with it. As humans, we gravitate to doing the easy things, to the things we know, the things inside of our comfort zone. So, To help you out with this, I'm about to share an interview with an expert on sales, specifically on authentic sales. You're about to meet Lindsay Lackner-Davey. Now, I coached Lindsay a couple years ago, and then she joined my mastermind group in September. Not because she wanted to leave her job and start a business, but because she wanted to focus on her passion project. And you'll find out in the interview, she is dedicated to helping millennials understand an alternative approach to sales, where you can be authentic and live true to your values. Lindsay talks very candidly about her career in sales. She confesses that she hated her first sales job, but she stuck with it. And rather than trying to copy what everybody else was doing, she carved out her own unique selling style. In the interview, we talk about fear. We talk about saboteurs. We talk about shifting her limiting beliefs that she was too young, that no one would take her seriously, and to start to see her age as an advantage. She also shares three amazing tips for authentic sales. And with Lindsay being a millennial and with me being a coach, Well, we talk a lot about values in this interview, I'm going to warn you. Surprise, surprise, right? She uses her value of curiosity to build strong relationships with her clients. You're not only going to love this interview with Lindsay, but she's going to inspire you to change the way that you look at sales, to stop swimming upstream to master an approach that doesn't feel right to you, and to develop your own unique selling style. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's talk authentic sales with Lindsay. Okay, guys, I have a very special interview that I'm bringing you today. I'm chatting with Lindsay Lackner-Davey, and Lindsay is an expert sales executive, and she is passionate about sales, and she recognized very early on that a lot of her fellow millennials struggled with this traditional A-type approach to sales, and so she recognized an opportunity to really share her unique approach 
called Authentic Sales. Welcome, Lindsay. Awesome to have you here today. Thanks, Julie. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. And so first off the bat, I'd love you to tell us a little bit more about you and specifically why you're so passionate about sales. Yeah. So, um, so you alluded to it, you know, I've, I've been in sales for quite some time. You know, I started, um, out of undergrad, uh, right into sales, been there for 10 years. And honestly, I, I hated my first sales role, but over time, I've found that it's a super rewarding career. I've been able to do things that not a lot of people get to do. So I've, you know, I've gone underground at mines. I've uh, sat in the C-suite of some Fortune 500 companies and gotten to talk to C-level executives and convince them why, you know, why my product or why my offer is going to help them out. And so I believe that sales is an incredibly rewarding career. But I see people take that first experience where they're not comfortable with it, where they can't quite figure out what their style is and kind of back off and opt out really from that. So, so that's why I'm passionate about it because I've had such an amazing experience, but it's been bumpy. And I think most people's careers in sales are bumpy too. Oh, I love that. I love the word bumpy because I feel like that's a perfect, <laughs> it's a perfect way to really sum up what happens, right? Because it is a wild ride. I knew that I wanted to be involved in business. I knew that, uh, that I liked interacting with people. And so I selected sales, but I didn't really understand what it took and what exactly. behaviors it would take. Yeah. As, as we, most of us often don't know what it's going to be like before we start something. You know, the thing is, is that the reason that I was able to kind of find my stride so quickly is because I looked around me and, and don't get me wrong. I had some amazing mentors um, at the corporation and some really like awesome people who told me and showed me how they did things. But I also had the other side of it where I looked around and I was like, I can't do this. I, you know, I, I literally can't like go in and talk about sports stats. I can't. So I was immediately kind of forced to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this in a different way? How am I going to find my own selling style? Love it. Love it. And the other thing that I think specifically with sales is it tends to draw people, you know, because we know that's one of the top paid uh, roles in an organization. So it, sometimes I think it tends to you draw people for the wrong reasons people who just focus on money? Yeah, yeah. And I've been, I mean, I've been lucky enough that, you know, my organization is one where, you know, our performance pay is not necessarily just based on meeting sales quota. So I've been fortunate that I'm able to work with my customers to truly help them find solutions that are, that are right for them and that I've believed in. Um, but I think a lot of the, the heritage with sales is, you know, we're going to pay you piecemeal, we're going to pay you commissions, um, and it's not really incenting the right behavior. Point. Really good point. So you know that I love authentic uh, introductions. You're a big fan mm -hmm. of authentic sales. I'm a big fan of authentic introductions. And, you know, I think if we can all stay connected to what it is that our purpose is, and also specifically our core values, um, that helps to keep us on track and aligned with what's important to us. So my purpose, and I, I want to say too, like it took me, it took me a while to find this. It took a couple tries to kind of figure out what was right for me in terms of my purpose. But my purpose is really helping first-time sellers, young professionals, women in sales, realize that there's a different role model out there and realize that they can have a rewarding career in this area, but they don't 
need to do it in a way that seems sleazy or is full of the like usual sales bravado. So my purpose is really helping those people understand and being a, a role model for them that they can look up to and say, okay, you know, I, I can do this on my own. I can figure out what my innate strengths are. And that's going to be more than enough to bring in sales, to be able to talk to customers. Uh, my five values are authenticity, obviously, uh, passion, fairness, creativity, and curiosity. Beautiful. Yeah. And knowing you, those are bang on. That really, really sums up who you are. Can you pick one of them out and tell me how you get to honor that and live up to that in your role right now? Yeah. So, so I think the one that I wanted to talk about was, was curiosity. A lot of folks, when they walk into their first sales call, um, they get nervous about, you know, what am I going to talk to people about? What are the questions that I'm going to ask them? Um, how am I going to position my, my product or my offering? First of all, I think you need to believe in your product or, or your offering. I think that's very important. If you're not selling something that you don't believe in, then don't sell it, sell something else. Like, I'm sorry, that's not the, you know, that's not the place you need to be. But I use kind of my natural curiosity to learn about people. And I think, you know, what a lot of people forget when they're walking into a sales conversation is that you really are sitting across the table from another person. Mm-hmm. I had a recent example where I was in a prospecting meeting and you know what? I talked about the customer's business. I asked them questions, what mattered to them. I I wasn't pitching, you know, myself. I was, I was asking questions about them. And I think people really like that. And it also shows that you are, you're really interested in their business. You're not just interested in pushing a product. You're interested in learning about them and then seeing if your product or service is going to help them. Sitting in this, this prospect meeting, I, the guy mentioned kind of offhand, oh, I used to be a consultant. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm really, I'm really interested in this. So what did you do when you were consulting? And, you know, where did you travel and what types of customers did you work with? And so I literally, like, I couldn't help myself and my natural curiosity kind of led me down this path of getting to know him better as well. So getting to know his past roles, getting to know like what his, what his values are. So I think that that's, you know, one of my values that's really helped me on the sales side of things for sure. Yeah. And I can see that as a really great relationship builder too, right? Because you get to know Mm -hmm. details about them, but you also get to, um, on the way, on the path to that, you get to find out what your similarities are. So what are the things that you have in common, which is always Mm -hmm. a great way, not only find your values, but really build a relationship with someone, right? And what is it that you are, you know, in terms of helping other people, especially fellow millennials, um, understand this whole concept of authentic sales? What is it that you are most proud of? I had this situation a couple, it was a couple years ago now, where I was asked to speak at like a women's leadership event on early sales experiences. And they told me to be candid. So I was, because <laughs> I'm pretty candid. Um, and I shared that same story that I shared with you at the beginning about how I, you know, I didn't love my first sales role, but then through all the others, I found that it was, uh, you know, it was a very rewarding career at the end of that. I I mean, I was super nervous, first of all, to stand up and be that vulnerable and kind of share something that, you know, isn't normally shared in a selling, um, organization. And afterwards I had, I had at least like five young women come up to me and say, 
thank you so much for sharing your story. They resonated with me. They related to me and they were like, I'm in this situation and I'm not alone. And I think especially in sales, you know, we're all kind of, we're all kind of out there. We're all kind of working in this lone wolf type of, uh, type of environment. And sometimes it's, it's nice to know that that you're not alone. I'm most proud that I could, that I could help even just, you know, those, that handful of like young people in a sales organization realize that, you know, they, they don't need to follow the stereotypes and, and they're really, they're not alone. That's a perfect example of demonstrating uh, your leadership. And that's one of the things that I've always admired about you. I've had the chance to work with you for a while now. And you are, you're just such a courageous and strong leader, ready to step up and do things that, yeah, it might scare you a little bit. So maybe public speaking in that instance was a little scary, but you pushed through to do it. And What's so important to me about that is sometimes we get in our head and we think it's all about me. I'm scared. I can't do this. But what happened on the other side is that you had the opportunity to inspire all these people, specifically these women Mm -hmm. who were so touched by your story and so inspired by you that they came up afterwards to tell you about that. Get into your heart and connect with what it is that you're meant to do because these other people out here, they need to hear from you, they need your message, and they need to see you being courageous so that you can give them permission to be courageous. Yeah, thanks, Julie. Yeah. yeah. What would you say is your superpower? I think my superpower is is being vulnerable and is not being afraid to share that with other people. Even though, you know, initially I was a little nervous about it, people relate to that and they want to see that, that authenticity. And I had, I had a friend tell me recently, he said, you know, Lindsay, you're the only person that we know that is the same person at work as you are in your personal life. (laughs) And I thought that just totally sums up, uh, you know, my ability to say, you know what, I, I don't necessarily care what, you know, other people think I'm going to, be who I am. And I'm going to share my experiences and share my, not only my wins, but share my failures too, because I think people learn way more from that and they can appreciate the emotion and the vulnerability of you putting it out there for them as well too. And I think it takes so much energy come up with, you know, two like personalities and like manage these, okay, I'm going to tell you this and not that. And, you know, I think I would rather take my energy and focus it elsewhere, like focus it on the work or focus it on the customers and the people that I'm serving than focusing it on myself absolutely, and managing yeah. my personality. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think that's why authenticity is, is also so powerful because it's the most efficient, right? I mean, who wants to have a different corporate persona <laughs> that you have to step into when you're at work and yet, you know, the corporate environment often does entice us to do that, to, you know, play this role that our job description says, you know, being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you ever go through. And so mm-hmm. what have you learned over the years in this journey? journey on authentic sales. What I've learned is that you can't, you can't be afraid to kind of put yourself out there in general. You know, I worried when I was originally trying to start like my business that if I didn't have the idea ironed out right away, um, and I talked to people about it, they would see me as a flake if I changed the idea later. And so for a long time, like I had my ideas in my head, I knew that I wanted to do something around selling. I didn't know exactly what that was. And so I wouldn't necessarily share my opinions or I wouldn't talk about it. Whereas I think that's, that's so 
valuable in, in just testing your idea, but also you wouldn't believe the opportunities that start coming your way when you start telling people what you're passionate about and telling people, um, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. You know, people want to, I think in general, like people want to help each other out. And so again, when you're having those conversations, you're looking for similarities, even without asking people, you know, people are, are kind of drawn to that passion and, and want to help you find a way. So true. And so on the flip side of that, you know, I love talking about the F word about fear. What yeah. is it that on your journey you faced resistance with, or what is it that you had as a big fear that you had to really lean in and face? I had a real fear of kind of self self promotion. I talked about before how I'm curious and it's not about you and you're asking other people questions about themselves. And, but on the other side, when you're trying to build a brand for yourself and when you're trying to get recognition as an expert in a community, you need to start talking about yourself. You need to start putting some of your ideas out there. And, um, you know, I was raised that way too, to ask other people about themselves and to be very humble as well too. So I kind of had this, this idea that, oh, okay, well, maybe I don't have all the expertise I need. Maybe what I have to say isn't valuable. And if I put it out there into internet land, you know, there's a big chance that like people are going to come back and, and discount me and say, no, you know, what you're saying isn't right. And what you're saying is not valuable. I really had to, I think I really struggled with promoting my content and promoting my newsletters and my posts and, and interacting with folks online because of that. And it's something that I still struggle with. Like I, I have not got that totally figured out yet. I started to kind of move past that just by taking little steps. Like I was like, okay, I've now posted, I've now posted this newsletter. I've featured four people in it. What if I just, what if I just tweet at one of them? What if I, you know, use my network on LinkedIn and, and post it on Pulse instead? So I tried to convince myself to kind of take these little steps and work up to kind of that bigger goal of being able to interact with people um, online. And that's a great tip that I want to make sure everybody caught. So one of the things you struggled with was self-promotion. And so for you to get through that was how do you break it down? So the huge, huge self-promotion task felt too much. So how do you break it down and, and find small little things that you can do, the little baby steps that you are comfortable with and then kind of build yourself up from there? I know that self-promotion is something that everyone struggles with and it's not mm -hmm. something that we get through. It's something that we get to carry along with us that, you know, then you, you get comfortable at something and then some other challenge comes up in front of you. And so you had a lot of saboteurs, it sounds like, a lot of those negative voices in your head mm -hmm. challenging you along the way. When you step out on your own and you become your own brand, it's completely a different ball game. For a lot of people who might have a corporate job but go out on their own, you think that, you know, they've been making a good salary before, they'll have no problem, you know, commanding or finding clients when they go out on their own. But what happens is they really do. And it's because I think when you have a job, you are paid for what you do and the tasks you perform. But when you step out on your own and you don't have that brand around you, you know, it's all about who you are and like worthiness and self-value for people. Yeah. And it's, it's so personal. Like, it, you know, 
at my organization, I have, you know, I have a brand that I can stand behind and that brand stands for, you know, several different things that I can leverage. Whereas when you're creating your own brand, like all you got is yourself. And when you are facing resistance, when you're facing something that is kind of scary for you, we call that crossing over an edge. So it takes a lot of energy and exertion to kind of build up the courage to do something brave and do something new. How do you recognize, Lindsay, how do you recognize your edge behavior? What comes up in you? Is it resistance? Is it nervous laughter? Is it avoidance? It's avoidance for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And I try and rationalize my decision. Like I'll, you know, I'll do kind of the little internal saboteur thing where it's like, okay, well, you know, like it, it's fine that you, that you just posted that blog or, you know, you don't, you don't need to yourself to post that on medium or you don't need to, you know, reach out to your MBA colleagues and get them to sign up for your newsletter. Like you, you can, you can back off a bit. You can take it you know, a bit slower. Yeah. So avoidance is definitely kind of what, what I do. And then, yeah, I rationalize it to myself and then I find myself rationalizing it to others too. Like I'll be, I'll, I'll tell my husband, I'll be like, Matt, I committed to doing this, but you know, for X, Y, Z reasons, I'm not going to do that. And as soon as I say that, I'm like, Oh, like I'm, I'm, I'm making excuses for myself. How do you recognize that? Is it a feeling or is it when you say the, the words out loud, you recognize that there's a little bit of BS factor in it? I think for me, it's been, it's been saying it out loud. Yeah. And I think, I think too, <laughs> in working with you, Julie, and some of the coaching sessions we've done, you're not afraid to kind of call me on the storytelling. So um, that's helped me too. It helps me kind of get out of my own head and get some perspective too. So it's really vocalizing those, um, those excuses and then recognizing, okay, well, that's what they are. They are excuses. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about fear. We talked about saboteurs and those negative voices. What about limiting beliefs? Did you recognize any limiting beliefs along the way that you held that you've had to shift? Yeah. And, and this is another one that Julie, you really helped me with. I, you know, I always knew that I had something to say, especially in the sales world, but I always felt like I was too young or I wasn't an expert or I didn't have enough, um, enough experience to be credible in that space. You know, I, I work in an organization where I have, I've truly been lucky to learn from people with 20, 30, you know, sometimes 40 years of experience in sales and and I've learned so much from them, but I think it also starts to give you this complex where you think that what you have to say just isn't, isn't as valuable. I was focused a lot on, on my age and why I couldn't do things because I was young. And what you helped me do, I, I still remember this session where you, you said, I was like, oh, I've only got 10 years in sales. And you were like, Lindsay. <laughs> You have a decade in sales. Like that is nothing to sneeze at. Um, and so I, you know, after hearing that, after getting kind of that perspective from, from someone else, I started to recognize that, okay, maybe I do have expertise here. And it's not just the expertise. It's not just what you're saying, but it's also, I, I, I'm relatable to a set of people who, are probably having those same feelings and those same experiences about sales as I am. 
And so I think there's value not only in like what you're saying, but there's also value in like who's who's saying it and why they want to share that too. And so, yeah, I, I just, I had a lot of hangups on, you know, how, how young I was. And like, I step back now and I'm just like, wait a second, I'm, I'm now building this brand that, that is appealing to that. So we found a way to kind of take that negative and take that limiting belief and, and turn it into a positive and turn it into something that, that I could use. And that's so true. That is a strength. And to, so to recognize that who you are and how courageous you're able to be as a millennial to speak to other people, that is such a huge advantage. We live in a world where like millennials, like everybody tosses that around. And like, I, I sit in meetings where people like say these crazy stereotypes, like how entitled and lazy millennials are. And I'm, I'm always sitting there and I'm just like, Oh, like, Hey guys, like, I'm a millennial and people are like, Oh, what? Oh, you know? So I think also like just the, you know, the rhetoric out there about the millennial generation or didn't help me initially with that kind of inner saboteur. So, yeah, that's probably I, what, what, where some of those beliefs came from. I mean, some of them were mm-hmm. planted by real experiences. And so I do agree with you wholeheartedly. I feel like that's a whole other conversation we can have about the reality of yeah. what is different about millennials and why do they get such a bad rap? And I think that there's a couple things. And I, and I specifically, I smiled when I heard you telling the story because I do remember the moment of yelling at you in that session. And, you know, there's a reason why I yell. I don't yell for fun. It like really plants a seed <laughs> in someone's brain. But I also feel like with millennials, there's a lot of, I mean, you guys, I specifically remember the conversation we had about the power that you have being so young, right? The, the power that you have in growing up with technology and you have so many advantages that... I don't have, and I really admire that. So there's a power and a strength that comes from, you know, being young and from being so adaptable and malleable to technology. And um, so being open to learning and growing and picking things up so quickly. Let's talk specifically three tips that they can use to really own their power. Number one, you have value to the organization in your cold eyes view. That's kind of generalizing too, because like, you know, I'm a millennial and I've been with an organization for 10 years, but I think we do, you know, we do kind of think of things a little bit differently. We tend to challenge the status quo a little bit more in sales. Like you can kind of tend to say, oh, okay, well, this is the way we've always done it. So I'm going to go along with it. So my tip would be like, number one, like don't be afraid to challenge. And tip number two is sales in itself is one of those professions where you are often going to face a lot of rejection. And I think that's true, whether you're just a sales rep or whether you're an entrepreneur trying to grow your business. I think, you know, there is, there are a few functions where you're putting your ideas out there, you're putting your offer out there and people are just saying, no thanks. My advice in that would be to focus your energy on those potential customers that are more likely to value what you are selling. Focus your energy on the people who you resonate with and who your your offer resonates with. And then the third one too is there's so much sales content out there about, you know, the top 10 tips to, you know, get people to call you back more often and like 
five sales templates that get a better response. Instead of trying to change who you are and completely change your approach in order to, to sell better, I think the better way of approaching it is saying, okay, like what are the innate skills that I have that I bring to the table that I can use with my customers. And I think it goes back to, it goes back to those values. Like what are your values? How do you define yourself first? And then how can that translate into helping your customers? I love it. I love it. And I think that's brilliant advice, not only for millennials, but really anyone who's in a situation where they need to sell their products or services. I think those are great tips and particularly around the rejection. So if someone says no to your product or service, they're not saying no to you. It's not a value judgment on who you are. And it certainly doesn't mean that there are other people out there who aren't going to buy it. Have you over the years uh, played with a formula like that? Like knowing that for every 10 contacts you make, one or three are going to turn into sales? Yeah. So, I mean, we do, we do a lot of sales funnel development and kind of tracking our prospects through, I would say it kind of, it depends on the sales role you're in. So if you're in kind of an inside sales, business development type of, um, type of sales role, if you call 10 people, you're going to get nine no's and, and one yes. Like that's the, that's kind of the, the relative stat. If you're working with bigger customers, uh, larger clients who, where you're not kind of, you know, like right now in the, in the role I'm in, I have maybe, you know, 10 prospects across the country working with about three of them. So I think as you kind of get into those more, um, like key account management, um, bidding on larger business opportunities that those ratios tend to go up, but you also need to invest more, uh, time and more effort into reaching those people um, into how, what you're saying, what you're bringing to the table. It's not just a quick phone call on one end. I see all people, all entrepreneurs that I've ever worked with struggle with this. So just, you know, if, a, if there is a takeaway, just plant lots of seeds, keep planting seeds. Somebody wants three more clients. They're having three conversations thinking that the, all three conversations are going to come to fruition. And so I, you know, I really want people to understand that they have to plant way more, five times, 10 times more, um, than they think that they're actually going to be able to handle because you can always say no, remember that, right? It's not like if everybody says yes, you have to be working with them all. So, yeah, yeah. And that's an approach, um, that even not, even not in sales, but even in, you know, in networking, in, um, you know, uh, planning my business, you know, strategies, that's something that I've kind of like taken into that side of it as well too that you need you need kind of multiple irons in the fire for something to to pan out if you do that your likelihood of being successful is is going to go up as well yeah and you've got nothing to lose right because if you really accelerate putting all those people in your pipeline or um, in your funnel, whatever language you want to use, you're really getting, you're building that muscle even more. And so you might as well do that up front because the, the quicker mm-hmm. that you do that, then you have that skill at hand. So the more people you're reaching out to, the better you're getting at it, the more practice you're getting. So I want to shift gears a little bit and start to uh, chat about the mastermind. You are in our ready to launch group. And I want to know from you, Lindsay, what is it that drew you to be part of a mastermind? So I had, I had worked with, with you on the coaching side individually before, and this past summer before we started the mastermind group, I had, uh, I had just finished my executive MBA. I really enjoyed being in that type of environment where you are exposed to people who are just, 
who are brilliant and who have great ideas and who are like excited to bring things to the table. And I really, I didn't want to lose that. So what drew me to joining the mastermind is I got to keep working with Julie, but also that I would continue to build this network of, of people who, you know, have the same kind of energy and, and drive to, to build something that, that I do. Amazing. And what do you love most about your group? Everybody is just so supportive and, and not afraid to be vulnerable either. And I don't mean like supportive in the way that like, you know, like we're all like hugging each other and like saying like, oh, what you're doing is great, but supportive in the way of, you know, hey, I've got a contact here that I can help you out with. Or, you know, it sounds like I've gone through something similar um, you know, here's how I dealt with it. Or, um, even just, you know, we had a few people like doing practice coaching, um, you know, with each other offline as well, too. They're so invested and they're so like willing to not just build their own business and help themselves, but help each other too. Yeah. And if you had to describe our group in one word, what would it be? Transformative. Um, because I think, you know, we've been at this for a couple months now. And every single person in our group from when we started to now, like I, I look back and I think about it and I'm like, wow, like the things that we've all accomplished on this journey, like the places where we are now compared to just like a few short months ago, are it, it's amazing. I love that. And I have to agree because I'm actually blown away at how much progress you made because not only you, but everybody in the group, it's really, yeah. really surprising. That's what I say. It's one of the proudest things that I launched this year and, and really being able to see how much growth and how much people have gotten done. And I think that's a testament to accountability, right? When you know that, you know, yes. in two more weeks, you've got to get on the phone and, and see these people like that can be the greatest motivator, really. And has there been anything that surprised you about the mastermind? You know, when I, when you and I were talking about it originally, I was kind of like, oh, Julie, I don't know if I'm ready for a mastermind because I don't have, you know, like an idea fully, fully baked or fully ironed out. And you said, yep, don't worry about that. Join, join anyway. Um, I think you're right at the right spot where you need to be, where you kind of have an idea and um, you need that accountability, like you said, and that focus to build it out further. And so what, what surprised me though, being in that group is, you know, despite the fact that all of our businesses are, are pretty different. Um, a lot of the struggles that we're going through and a lot of the things that we deal with are so similar. Um, and so that, that really surprised me because I kind of thought, okay, like everybody's going to come in and like each session is going to be like, okay, I'm going to present, um, I'm going to present all of the amazing things that happened in my business this week. And it's not really that way. It's more, okay, I'm really struggling with this. Do you guys have, um, do you have some ways to, you know, help me get up around it? So I think those, those similarities really, really is what surprised me the most. Yeah. I love that. That's a really beautiful point because a lot of times people want for comfort reasons, they want to be in an environment where there's people just like them. And I always, you know, that's a red flag for me because I always think, well, you're missing out on the opportunity to grow and learn. And that's a really good point is you all have very different businesses and yet you're still being able to support each other in so many ways. And, you know, and I think that point about everybody going through the same things, it's because that personal development layer is underneath all your businesses, right? And that's what happens when mm -hmm. you step out. 
And what would you say to someone who's thinking about joining a mastermind, but they're not really quite sure if it's for them or if it will benefit them? What would you say to them? I, I would say to them, you know, stop waffling and just do it. Like, just just join it. Our experience is probably unique because, you know, what I know about you, Julie, is that you are, like, excellent at bringing people together and putting, like, people with the right mindset in the same room together. I think that's so valuable. And I think that, you know, having participated in this and, again, seeing the progress, not just in myself but in, in others too, has just taught me that, you know, being part of this mastermind is so, it's so important for so many reasons. And you know what, it's, it's not even, it's not even that much of a commitment in terms of time. So like, you know, then there are, I can't even think of, you know, what the negatives are that would outweigh any of the positives. Okay, so let's start to wrap up now, Lindsay, and you gave us so many great tips on authentic sales and how people can really shift their approach to sales, but also their relationship as a salesperson. Where can we point people to get more information about authentic sales and to get more tips? Yeah, so thanks, Julie. So I can be found at AuthenticSales.com. And uh, I've got my blog housed there, but I also do a weekly curated, or I'm, I'm calling it pre-qualified in sales terms, uh, newsletter called The Sales Graze. Um, and what I do in that is I, you know, I kind of look around the internet, I look at different blogs, and I highlight my top three or four resources for that particular week. Um, so if you go to AuthenticSales.com, you'll be able to click on a link to sign up to receive that, uh, that weekly email. Perfect. And I'm sure there's lots of people that are going to shout out because pretty much, like I said, every entrepreneur I've dealt with um, has struggled with sales at some point. So I just, I want to wrap up and say thank you, Lindsay, so much. I'm so proud of you of not only how much you've grown, but have you really stepped out of your comfort zone and onto the stage to inspire people around the world. And again, not just your uh, millennial peers, but really everyone. You have such a powerful message and I really, really am proud of what you're building. Thanks, Julie. And I'm I'm really proud to be part of what you're building and to be able to participate in the masterminds and listen to your podcasts and, and have coaching sessions with you as well, too, because I just think this mindfulness, it, it, we need to talk about it more in business. And so I thank you for that. Thank you for your message as well, too. Yeah, you're welcome. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Lindsay. I know that I say this with all my clients, but she really is one of my favorite people in the world. And my heart just bursts with pride as I watch her realize just how powerful she is and how much of an impact she is having on other people in her community. And I'm kind of sad to be wrapping up with her mastermind group this month, but I'm also excited to be starting a new group in February. In next week's episode, January 16th, I'm going to share all the details for the next mastermind program that kicks off in February. And I've heard from a few of you who are already really keen and really interested, which is great. So stay tuned for next week's episode. I'll share all the details about the application process and for the program to kick off. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, if you love personal development and growth, and you're either starting a new business 
or you have a passion project like Lindsay, then stay tuned for more details about the Mastermind program that starts February 7th. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.